This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. So, welcome guys to this week's podcast. We have round two of Soul Care with our special guest, Dave Thompson. Morning, Dave. Good morning, Derek. How are you? You got your ironing in this morning, sir? No ironing done this morning. <laughs> oh, running behind, are you? <laughs> I'm running behind, yeah. <laughs> uh, good to hear your voice, sir. So, I'm just picking up for where we left off uh, on the first recording, Dave. You mentioned about we're going in this process of grief. I just want to uh, camp out there a wee bit, get more of your understanding uh, around what you were meaning by that. You mentioned about this loss of freedom. You know, I know when we talk about grief, usually relating it to death, that you're losing a loved one. But with this loss of freedom, we loss of work and your gym, your sport, seeing family and friends, you know, people experiencing this, Grief, this internalising loss and depression and negativity. And can you talk a wee bit about that, Dave? Sure. Well, I think there is a great deal of <coughs> excuse me loss people are experiencing around these times, especially when you know you've used to be around meetings or going to see family, all of these things. So ex- experiencing loss is normal, and. People experience grief in different ways and go through the process in different ways. I think, first of all, that we go into this numb stage of what's happening here. And I don't know if you remember, at the start of this whole lockdown thing with the empty streets and things that surreal, and I think that's quite a natural to happen. Um, and so that after that process of surrealness and people trying to get used to this idea of lockdown and being isolated and it is a sense of isolation and Mm -hmm. while we may be isolating we don't need to be isolated thank god because Mm -hmm. of the technology that we have yeah um so it's really important to be around family and friends even if it's just using technology so it's, it's perfectly natural for that grief stage to start because yeah. we're losing an awful lot of stuff yeah. that we've been so used to. Again, there's great opportunity in, mm. in all of that as well, mm-hmm. which I spoke a bit about last week. So when we start after that kind of severe phase of, you know, this isn't really happening, we can then get into a bit of confusion uh, of what am I supposed to be doing in this time? Mm-hmm. You know, we've sat in front of the telly, we've ate enough rubbish. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I need to be doing something more. Uh, and our minds start getting how long I'm going to be like this. Mm-hmm. We watch the news. Mm-hmm. The news continues to give us download if it's getting worse. And we can get this sense of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. We're powerless to do anything about this external situation. Yeah. The truth of the matter is we don't have any power to deal with the external mm-hmm. situations. But we do have power to deal with our internal uh, environment. And I don't mean inside the house. I mean the internal environment inside our own hearts, yeah. inside our own minds. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing we've got to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's really what I focus on today because <coughs> after our last discussion, 
there was things come up, you know, and I've had a few discussions, plus heard other people sharing how they're feeling, and they've all been pointing to this darkness, this pain that the lockdown is bringing up in their inner lives, where they've been so busy running and living life and blocking these things out. You know, what came up for me was, through my years of my own mental problems with drug-induced psychosis, I had received this message one day, you know, and when I was feeling so burdened and heavy laden, you know, carrying all, just just the state you spoke about there, the more care, the more fear, the more negative news you're absorbing, the more you're carrying this stuff, you know, and it's clogging you up. And I felt weighed down. And my way of dealing with that was punish myself, condemn myself, reject myself. And I had this dream, and in the dream, I heard these words, healing is the process of accepting all and then choosing best. And uh, really it was saying that condemning and punishing, rejecting yourself only causes more pain and suffering. Without doubt. What's your thoughts on that? I think, first of all, getting back to that sense of darkness that many people are feeling around these times and <clears throat> what that can do is I think if I can just explain something just for a wee second we don't just remember things in our head we remember things in our body mm-hmm. and when our external environment has changed in a dramatic way that it has just now under these difficult circumstances what that does is the memorised emotions that we've buried away or tried to think them away and say, oh, they don't matter anymore, I'm fine, Uh, I've got God in my life now, so these are all away, Mm -hmm. I just need to get on with it. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, because of the environment we're in just now, this stuff starts to come up. Mm -hmm. We think, oh my goodness, all this stuff's still here. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's a part of a pretty natural process as well. Mm -hmm. But it's what do we do about that mm-hmm. what do we do we can't just think this stuff away we've tried that mm-hmm. we've been pushing it down for years mm-hmm. all we need to do is change our inner experience as well as our mind yes our, our mind and our bodies are are linked and so what happens is we go through this cycle of thinking and feeling mm-hmm. and feeling mm-hmm. and thinking mm-hmm. Let me just give you an example. Let's say uh, you've had uh, an argument with somebody in work mm-hmm. and you're driving into work the next day. <clears throat> you say, I'm going to see that Derek, right? Mm-hmm. He was cheeky to me yesterday. Mm-hmm. He thinks he has something on him, right? I'm going to see him because it? it was unjust. And so mm-hmm. you're driving in and the time you get there, you're raging. You've got about 10 things you want to say. You think, if he says anything to me, I might even slap him, mm-hmm. right? So you've got all this stuff going on. You get out of the car, you jump into the office, and you're ready to confront him, and you find out he's off on holiday this day. Mm-hmm. So you've had all that energy, mm-hmm. all that negativity mm-hmm. going on inside your head. And here's the thing, here's the reason it makes it worse. Not only does it affect us mentally, because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of energy and a lot of power to think that way. Mm-hmm. And what happens in, in our, our minds, the chemicals in our brain 
starts sending these survival emotions down and it uses up everything. Mm. There's no room for anything mm -hmm. else mm. in those moments. And I think that's what people find it so difficult to get out of these situations just now. There doesn't seem to be any room for anything mm. else yeah. in our minds and in our hearts. Yeah. So we have to change that. Yeah, and I, I just want to get back to a point you made <coughs> when I reflected upon the first talk. You know, you mentioned about awareness of where you are as everything. Yes. You know, in this sense of knowing yourself, <coughs> been, been able to tell yourself the truth about naming, here's what's going on inside of me. How important yeah. has that been in <coughs> your experience? And how important yeah. is it for people in what you just shared there? I think it's really important that we stop and recognise where we're at. I will have to stop to do that. What most people do, because this is so uncomfortable, mm -hmm. is they distract. So we distract, we'll put on the telly, we'll eat something else. Some people that maybe take drugs or alcohol will take drugs, not anything, then stop, you know, because we just don't want to feel this discomfort. Mm -hmm. And so we have to stop, first of all, mm -hmm. and accept, okay, this is where I'm at. It doesn't mean I won't, I'm going to stay there. This is where I'm at, and experience ourselves just where we're at. Mm -hmm. And of course, to change our inner world, we need to do some inner work. Yeah. We're not going to change our inner world by an external experience. Mm -hmm. We have to have an inner experience, mm -hmm. and that inner experience can come in a number of ways. I think simple things like prayer, prayer from where we're at, uh, and, and some time in prayer, not the five minute head prayer mm -hmm. but a prayer that's a cry from the heart mm -hmm. and so that really really helps and we also need to ha start talking to ourselves that might sound like a really strange thing to do but we have to talk to ourselves have a conversation an inner conversation with okay where am I at right now and have this dialogue mm -hmm. within our own hearts and then there's listening to something different our external environment has to change. I'll give you an example from my wife, right? Mm -hmm. So she was in a job that she hated. There was a new manager. She was very oppressive, very unjust. My wife had been in that place for 15 years as an exceptional nurse. But suddenly this woman appeared as the manager. My wife had been offered the manager's job and didn't want it. She prefers to be a nurse. Anyway, this manager appeared and she was very unjust. And my wife phoned me one day and she says, Dave, I've handed in my notice. I said, so I'd been seeing her going down and down and down with us. And she said, I've handed in my notice. I says, really? She says, I think it's the right thing to do. And she came home and she was pretty down and she was wondering where are we going to get the money. And, and then she was sitting in prayer one morning and she heard the Lord saying to her, you need to come up higher. You need to bring your thinking up higher. She didn't know what that meant. So the only thing she knew, let's stick on some YouTube. <laughs> but she's sitting feeling like rubbish, had a really dark time in her life. She started listening to praise music. And so she changed the external environment. Mm -hmm. She did that every day, even when she didn't feel like it. Mm -hmm. What she was doing, her feelings were no longer ruling her mind. Mm -hmm. And this is the problem that most people have. Feelings start to rule our mind. Our body becomes the mind. Yeah. Now, I love feelings. I, I live in a feeling environment. I'm a therapist. Mm -hmm. But she started changing this. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and it was a constant daily slog. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly something lifted. Yeah. And within a couple of days, actually, she got another job. So it wasn't really a job. Mm-hmm. It was the issue. So, yeah. uh, so that's another thing. Praise music. Fill yeah. in your house with praise. Yeah. Even if you don't feel like it. Yeah. That's the challenge. Yeah, great. So I, I, I want to go a wee bit further with this because, yeah, we've, we're identifying now we've got these these uh, issues. For years, journaling for me has been a, a godsend. It's been a such a yeah. such a helpful practice, helpful, um, you know, you're able to identify where you're at. But one step further was, with all this pain I carried, I was never free for this. The burden of my the self consciousness of the, the 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 inner pain, the fear and the the psychosis stuff and how awkward that made me feel at times. You know, I was away up in a a, a weekend away, and all that stuff was I was so aware of it. It made me feel so such a failure. You know, I was carrying this sense of failure and rejecting myself and been a bit hard myself. And I went down. I was staying in Stevenson at the time. I went down the beach. And I sat in my chair and I prayed this prayer, like identifying where I was at and admitting I can't cope with this stuff. And I said, Father, grant me the faith to let go of the inner pain. And I heard immediately inside, you're praying the wrong prayer. Mm. And I heard this correction, pray for the faith to accept the inner pain. Now, if you've been brought up in a, a, an environment where punishment and, and condemnation or rejection was was the way that you get disciplined, then as an adult, we, we talk to and deal with and coach ourselves like that. And for me, it was like, in this journey through the inner life, I was punishing myself and condemning and rejecting myself because I wasn't able to accept or release or live be above this stuff at the time. But part of my healing was practising this, that mm-hmm. I have to bring acceptance in to where I am. And uh, you mentioned that when you were speaking earlier, this is a, it's a stage we all must go through because if we are still caught up in you know, the things that have been dominating our minds for we've been, we've been youngsters... Mm-hmm. You know, we stay there, it's this immaturity in our mind. Mm-hmm. We have to face the stuff within us so we can go beyond it. Yeah. Tell us your so, thoughts so about that. I think this idea of acceptance, first of all, mm-hmm. acceptance doesn't mean agree with mm-hmm. or surrender to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people think if I accept it, it means I agree with it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily, we have to accept that this is our situation. When we've been brought up uh, an environment where we've been uh, rejected or criticised, or we've internalised a lot of that stuff inside us, and that internalisation is very, very powerful and it affects our thinking and our emotions constantly. Thinking and our emotions, and so that cycle goes up. And these feelings of inadequacy are very, very common. The Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I used to think that condemnation meant, you know, being condemned, like, you know, you're going to trouble, yeah. condemned to a jail cell. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that. Mm-hmm. Condemnation 
if something is condemned, something. So let's say you had a kettle that wasn't working, mm-hmm. and the you know the spout was knackered and the element was away. That kettle is beyond use, mm-hmm. so it gets rejected mm-hmm. <coughs> or condemned. Mm-hmm. And the Bible is it says you know there is therefore now no condemnation, and that means there's no one in the kingdom of God is put beyond use. Yes, well, good. Isn't that just a different way of thinking? Mm-hmm. That no matter, here am I, with all my feelings of rejection, with all my self-condemnation, mm-hmm. my self-criticism, my mm-hmm. guilt, mm-hmm. and yet I'm being told that I'm no beyond use. Mm-hmm. That just opens a window mm-hmm. of opportunity that well, even though I'm like this, mm-hmm. you can still use me, God. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, we're in a slightly different place. Mm-hmm. And I think it's wee steps that we take that yeah. open up doors uh, of hope, of faith uh-huh. for us. And I'll just give a scriptural basis for that, Dave, because I know for some is the legalism, there's ideas that, <coughs> oh, it can be, this can be Eastern mysticism and all this stuff. When I got this, I immediately get three scriptures. When I got that, you know, word about you're praying around prayer. You need to mm. no have the faith to let go. You have to have the faith to accept this. Yes. Because mm. that for me it was if you've been as I say if you've been brought up and it's been this constant condemnation you've been disapproved of constantly. You're no mm. you're no good enough. You're no use because you don't you're no living perfectly. No room for failure. Then we we coach ourselves like that. So I get three scriptures: Matthew seven, Luke fifteen, and John eight. And it all spoke of the good father, Matthew 7, about asking, seeking, knocking. If you being evil know how good gives give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven? And then he talks about the prodigal son, the lost son, Luke 15. This is somebody who squandered and lost everything by riotous prodigal living. And then the father runs to him, kisses him, embra- it says embraces him, and restores him. And then in John 8, the woman caught in the very act of adultery. When everybody was trying to condemn her to death, according to the law, Jesus challenged all them, he who is without sin among you cast the first stone. But he says, look, where's your your condemners? Does nobody condemn you? Neither do I. Go and sin no more. And I know what God was saying to me was, this is who I am. You condemning yourself for feeling the feelings that that you're living in. Is what is keeping them there? Every every part of the the, the you know the John eight the, the woman had caught adultery, the way he never condemned her, that's what gave her the power to stop the, the lifestyle she was in. That's right. You know, and and for me it's like, especially at this time, when we are in a process of grief, where we're, we're losing all these things, and 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 then, you know how we are coaching ourselves, how we're speaking to ourselves and when the, when the dark feelings are coming back and coming up, you know, it's so important that we're not rejecting and disapproving ourselves, condemning ourselves you know, it's it's allowing that acceptance in, but choosing best I want to talk about another thing with you I found this through the counselling course I've been doing, I used to be so scared of facing the, the things within me you know, there's just sure. that. There's just this fear of exposure. You know, whatever the root cause of that is, the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, whatever. But you know, through this counselling course and 
when we're encouraged to identify your own stuff, mm-hmm. you know, uh, n- name your own stuff. And uh, I know how scary that, that's been over the, the course. I know people who are listening, this, can, this introduces people to some of these things. It's like, oh, it's, you know, it's scary to, to, to face up to things. But what I have found, and I want you to share your understanding and years' experience <clears> on what I've found is actually facing this stuff with the right help around you is key to breaking free of it. I think that what happens when we name it and we share it, it removes its power from us. Mm-hmm. If we keep it hidden or in denial mm-hmm. or we're trying to fix it ourselves, mm-hmm. it still holds up. It has tremendous power. And it takes a lot of power to hold that stuff down sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we just say, you know, I'm selfish or, you know, that's the way I've been for a long time uh, or I have this selfish streak in me and I've done this and I don't know where that came from and then you start to trace it back and you recognise you've been told as a child you're selfish, you're no use and sometimes when we name our behaviour, just name it, I don't mean in a confession type way, like, oh, I'm naming this sin and therefore it's all right. Mm-hmm. It's looking to the root cause. And sometimes we don't want to look to the root cause because we've got misplaced loyalty. It's not about blaming our parents. Our parents did the best with what they knew. Mm -hmm. But it's how we were affected by what we were brought up with. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you've been brought up and surrounded by victimhood or abuse or any of that kind of stuff, it has a profound effect. Mm. on our being yeah. and the, and the child within us and we all carry these I, I don't think there's actually a child within us I think it's memorised emotions mm-hmm. and those memorised emotions we don't want to touch them because they're too sore mm-hmm. before the age of 8 we didn't know how to deal with them After we were just living in a sensory world then at the age of 8 we started some idea of how to live and keep ourselves safe and we lived in survival but these things are still memorised deep within us. And when we go down there and we allow ourselves to feel the hurt, when we allow ourselves to feel the pain, somehow it takes its power away and allows space, if you like. I heard an old saying, if you can't feel it, you can't heal it. Mm-hmm. So it's about opening up that space. That's why I think God was saying to you, you have to accept where you're at, because it's in that acceptance that there's an opening up and it allows the power of God to come in. I, I heard this and it's just been so true for me. At the very centre of our pain, we find the healing power of God. Mm, wow. And that's been true for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really, really insightful, Dave. Um, I think really moving into what can we do about this when we talk about the the new routines the new practices mm-hmm. like creating the condition for change yeah and I think that's what we could do is create the condition for change there. Mm-hmm. I think that's profound what you've said is what you're doing we have to create, create the conditions mm-hmm. first Yeah, <clears throat> and I think that simple things and, and just very very briefly, mm-hmm. doing things like um, 
journaling you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So take the kiss an external thing, but it's also an internal thing because of the, there's a catharsis, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in journaling. So journaling. Spend catharsis. The time explain, explain catharsis. So uh, catharsis means like, it's like cathartic is when it moves, it moves something that's been stuck. Yeah. If you like. And so uh, it, it's part of a change process. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so there's that kind of movement that happens. Mm-hmm. We have to create conditions for change. And, 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 and you're dead right. And it's doing something different from what we've always done. Mm-hmm. So prayer definitely works. Mm-hmm. Reading definitely makes a difference. Mm-hmm. No watching the news 24 hours a day mm-hmm. makes a difference. No talking about, oh, this one's got it. This, this nursing home down the road's got COVID that. <laughs> right, okay. There's a place in that for your day. Yeah. But what happens is we start talking about that, it fires up an emotion, and as the brain engages with the emotion, mm-hmm. you go, oh, oh. Let's talk some more about this mm. because the brain wants to agree with the body. Mm-hmm. The body wants to agree with the brain. Mm-hmm. So we have to come to a higher place. Mm-hmm. I use meditation. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a very simple meditation, mm-hmm. just coming into the present moment. Mm-hmm. And you know, the God that I know is the God of the present moment. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, Don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow's enough worries of its own. Mm-hmm. So bringing our life down to the day mm-hmm. and into the present moment. It's yeah. hugely beneficial. Mm-hmm. I love what the guys in AA say. It's all for the day. Mm-hmm. Everything's, yes, you can make plans for the future, but I can't live in them. Mm-hmm. So most of my fears are based on what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And most of my feelings of condemnation and anger and all that stuff are based on what happened yesterday. Regret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's coming down to the present moment. Mm-hmm. So that's, that creates an environment for change as well. Mm-hmm. Great. You're talking about meditation, Dave. You know, create, creating these spaces are quiet. Sure. And it's just, there's so much misunderstanding about it because it's almost like this word is, is uh, <laughs> it's hijacked for Eastern uh, religions. But to create space for quiet in your daily routine, to uh, have that time when you're away alone, away from mm-hmm. noise, activity, busyness, where you are creating the conditions for movement to happen. Now, you talk about this in the counselling room, therapeutic movement. Yeah. You know, but unless you've placed yourself in that setting, unless you're in the counselling room for an hour, there's not going to be any movement by by not being there. You know, so to me, I, I see, this, see the same as meditation, but you're creating that, here's what I'm doing, the first hour of my day, or the last hour or half an hour of my night, I'm putting this quiet place in, where I'm disciplining myself, I'm taking control of my mind and impulses to say, I'm going to sit here and be quiet and journal things that come up. I mean, this week for me, it's been recognition of what can we do to care for our soul? Because, you know, I, I have to build strength into it. I can't be given out of a place of uh, emptiness daily routines daily practices are going to build strength into my soul I remember you know years ago I went to see a leader and he'd been working all day and then went to the gym and I come into his house and he says how can I help you and that came into my mind this week what it was speaking to me of was 
he was offering strength from a place of cultivation. Mm-hmm. He was caring for himself mm-hmm. before he then could offer me anything. Yeah. What would you say about that? So, um, first of all, um, in terms of that therapeutic movement, and I'll come on to the cultivation part, mm-hmm. I have been convinced, and I've been a therapist for a long, long time, the counselling room creates the environment for therapeutic change. Most of the therapeutic change actually happens outside the counselling room. Right. So we're just to open and help the client to open doors. The change doesn't happen unless they continue the process. Mm-hmm. So um, we just facilitate change. Mm-hmm. Counselors are there to facilitate change, mm-hmm. not to make the change happen. Mm-hmm. And certainly this idea of looking after ourselves and cultivation. Think of it as if you look at a garden. You have to cultivate a garden. You can't just plant a seed and then don't water it and don't lift the weeds. Yeah. Now, the Bible's very clear about this. But cultivation takes time. Mm-hmm. People want this an instant world, mm-hmm. instant coffee, instant answers to all my pain. This isn't going to go away overnight. Mm-hmm. This is going to take time and cultivation. You're absolutely right. And taking care of ourselves, doing the physical things that we need to do, like going to the gym mm-hmm. or going for a walk. Mm-hmm. These things are vitally important as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So looking after our body, our body, the temple of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. we're trying to look after that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here saying that and I'm just thinking, uh, these past few weeks I've been really trying to curb my own appetite because I do love my donuts, Derek, mm-hmm. right? So, <laughs> uh, you know, so I'm hearing my own voice going like that. You don't look after your body well enough, Dave. Mm-hmm. That's right, neither I do, mm-hmm. but I'm still working at it. Yeah. And I'm not condemned by it. Yeah. And so there's this idea of taking time for you. Mm-hmm. It's not a self centered thing to do. Mm-hmm. The Bible's very clear love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And I've grown over the years to love me mm-hmm. despite me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Despite the things that I still do wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you talk about building in strength. Mm-hmm. It's these things that build in strength. Um, the Bible says, let the weak say I am strong. Mm-hmm. So there's something about recognizing our fragility, mm-hmm. that we're fragile human beings, mm-hmm. that as long as we live, we're never going to separate our sinfulness from our holiness mm-hmm. uh, or our spirituality from our worldliness, they're always going to be interlinked in some way mm-hmm. while we live in this earth. Mm-hmm. But you spoke about choose best. Yeah. So what's best? Mm-hmm. It's best to choose a, a spiritual way of life mm-hmm. than a worldly way of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's better to go on an inner journey mm-hmm. than look for the external to give me experiences. Uh, you know, people live for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people for years have gone to their work and lived for the weekend mm-hmm. and their weekend let's get a bevy out mm-hmm. I was speaking to my son-in-law yesterday yeah. and I was saying how, how are you coping he said, he's coping with it fine because he's still working yeah. he says but a lot of my pals that are not working they're just drinking every day mm-hmm. it's like a big giant size weekend mm-hmm. they've got plenty of money mm-hmm. and they're just drinking every day mm-hmm. There's no other solution mm-hmm. to get out of that those feelings. Mm-hmm. So it's a strange world we're living in. Uh, and it reminds me, I remember years ago in the midst of all my problems and pain, 
I was up Eglinton Park. My mind was oh, just under all this cloud of stuff, oppression. And this guy walking his dog, an older man, walks up to me and he says, "What's wrong?" And he says, "He swore, get an effing grip of yourself." <laughs> right? <laughs> I looked up and it, the way he said it, I, it was like my old papa talking. I just looked and I goes, "You're absolutely right." And he says, are "You, are you not get some project you can involved in." And, you know, what he was saying was, you know, your ain't healing. Your ain uh, health comes when you're consumed with doing something that's worthwhile. Absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, that sense that, that sense that, oh, I'm not working, so I'll just, you know, I'll just, rev- I mean, think, think of that. If this happened, if this, if this remained, people's life would just be, they'd deteriorate, they'd be gradually getting worse and worse because, you know, it would just be, I'm continuing to, Engage in the, these wrong behaviours and and lifestyle choices. So so just to finish, Dave, I'm, I'll share one wee thing just briefly, and I'll ask you just to lead the listeners into this, you know, a healing prayer along these things. It was a difference between grieving and mourning. My uh, uncle dies. You know, it was over. It was so quick. He'd stage four cancer. It was it was uh, you know it was over like weeks. His family found out, and then the next minute he dies. So I'm looking at my cousins. Thinking how he's coping with this, it was so quick. Loved their dad, and I read in Matthew the, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, "Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted." And I'm going, this doesn't look as if they're blessed. Mourning, it doesn't look. This is something that's good, you know, good. And uh, I was asked to speak at the funeral, so I, I was considering all that stuff. And but then I found out the difference between grieving and mourning. Mm. Mm-hmm. Grieving being this, you know, this almost depression when you're internalising the loss and, uh, you know, you're sinking into the pain of that and the negative, depressive feelings about that. Never going to have them back or her back. But then I read about mourning, how mourning was the release, the, the free like, flow of tears <coughs> as, as you are surrendering and releasing back to God what he's given to you. And I, and I think how important that is in this hour that, you know, when we are clinging for dear life to, to things that we can't have now, and it causes us, uh, you know, the open, that opens a door for, you know, the negative, you know, whether it's no getting an assignment in, whether it's no, you know, no, um, um, you know, working, no getting to the gym. The more we're uh, bemoaning that, the more we're criticising and punishing ourselves about that, the more it remains, the pain remains. So it's been able to say, I release. And in inner releasing, he says, blessed are you, because you are comforted. I'll just ask you, Dave, just to, to lead the, the listeners into prayer along the lines. Okay. Father God, as your word said, blessed are those who mourn, those who have to give up. Sometimes it's their loved ones and giving them back to you. But that mourning, God, is a giving of ourselves in surrender. And so we have to mourn the loss of this current situation has led us into. God, as we do, we let it go. And we give our busyness, some of the things that were not good for us, we give away. And all the things that we enjoyed, God, we just return to you. Mm-hmm. And God, grief, which is usually internalised and about us, Lord, help us to find 
in that process that we're able to let that go and find something of you in our pain and let that go. Lord, it's so hard because our mind and our thoughts are continually in cycle to change that. And so we need you, God. At the very heart of our being, empowered by the Holy Spirit, you would give us new insights, new ways. Help us, O oh God, when we are at our worst, to reach out to someone else in need. Somehow, God, in that process, we find something of you. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, we thank you. We honor you. We bless you. There's so much more we can speak about, God. But, God, we can only do this in the moments that we have. Mm-hmm. And so we thank you for this moment, God, this bubble of time mm-hmm. in which you have placed us. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighter.life. Until next time, God bless you.